rockzone.com Now, TalkZone presents All Things Employment with Vicki Caza. All Things Employment with issues, answers, and information for today's job market. Here's your host, Vicki Caza. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this edition of All Things Employment on the TalkZone Radio Network. We're glad you're here. Today's show, we're going to talk about something that's been talked about and or questioned quite often in the past couple of months, and, and actually for a couple of years now, and that really is what we mean when we say targeted selection and behavior-based interviewing. Now, in some of the workshops that I've conducted over the past couple of months and in some of the consulting work that we've done in our in our company, people ask the question, you know, I know what I've heard about behavioral interviewing. I'm not sure what that means. What do I have to do? Do I is there anything special I should be looking for? And why would they ask me such questions and what are they trying to figure out? And I'm not even sure how they get prepared for it. So there's been quite a few books out there written about behavioral interviewing and there's really two two parts to it. The interviewing part really is is concerned with the the actual meeting between the interviewer and the interviewee. When we talk about behavioral interviewing, we all talk about what the purpose is of it and what they're trying to get from it and why they're asking the certain questions that they're asking. And the flip side of that is what we call targeted selection. And what that really means is getting the manager ready to sort of ask the questions to target their to target what exactly they're looking for to make the interview as 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 um, productive as possible, if you will. Now today with us, I have a very special guest. Her name is Carol Celeste. Carol is a seasoned human resources professional who has been within the HR field for quite a while and is an expert really in employee relations, in working with people during transitions, in coaching and counseling individuals, and, and anything really having to do with all things employment. And it's my great pleasure to have Carol now working with me and my company, Causa Associates. And Carol and I were former colleagues at a previous company that we both worked at, worked for. So I know Carol very well, and I know that she's an expert in, in many of the things that we'll be talking about. And I've asked Carol to come on today to talk about targeted selection and behavioral interviewing, because that seems to be one of the hot topics that people are concerned about, and when we do interview preparation with people, we launch into this, and they really don't know the meaning of it and or why a company would even undertake it. So Carol's with us today, and we're going to talk a little bit about exactly what that means and what Carol has seen in her experience in targeted interviewing. So Carol, welcome to the show, and thanks for taking the time. Well, thanks, Vicki. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you about this important subject. I think um, now more than ever, um, managers are concerned about how they're going to um, wade through the countless resumes that they have and how do they make a, the right hiring decision um, given the, the choices of people that they have in front of them. And candidates on the other side of the ta- table are concerned about, well, how am I going to put my best foot forward to differentiate myself from, you know, my competition? And yeah. so how can they prepare for, um, you know, these kinds of questions that are co- going to come at them? And um, so I think it's a it's a... As you've already uh, pointed out, it's a two-step process. The candidate needs to come to the table prepared. The manager really needs to have done their homework so that they're sure that they're asking the right questions to dig at um, the candidate's experience and make sure that, you know, they're making the right decision and that they don't have to um, backtrack later and and, uh, put them back out on the job market. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Carol. And one of the things you said at the top of what you were mentioning really does hit home, the fact 
there are so many candidates out there looking for positions. And the fact that managers and hiring companies are really been inundated with resumes. And one of the things that I've said on a previous show, honestly, is how to have your resume move to the top of the pile and what the things are you need to do to get your resume looked at. So for people just tuning in or people who have been listening to the show, you, you really know that we try to walk you through all the different steps or all the different processes of what you might be finding as a candidate when your resume is picked up by a company. Now, from this, the, the information that Carol and I will discuss this afternoon, this really is opening the door, if you will, or peeking behind the curtain a little bit of what happens at a company when a resume is is chosen or flagged to be to be reviewed, right? So of course you've got to get your resume in there. You've got to you know get through all the processes and steps of what that means. And now the manager or hiring manager, if you will, is really tasked with making sure that they pick the right resume and they begin to ask the right questions because honestly they don't want to waste as much time as as you think they would like to and or they don't want to waste your time as well as their own time asking questions that aren't going to get them the results. So this is really a step in the process of getting people in the door and getting them ready. So Carol, to start off, I guess I would ask you straight out, so what, what exactly is targeted selection? What is that when we say that? What exactly can people expect? Well, targeted selection is really a behavioral-based interviewing process that was developed many years ago by a company called DDI, um, which provides hiring managers with examples of how a candidate has handled a situation in the past and helps, theoretically, to predict how they might handle that uh, a similar situation in the future. Um, as we've said, there are so many candidates out there to choose from. I've heard from you know many um, folks in the Chicagoland area, for example, you know, they'll post a position and they'll get four and 500 resumes. And once they, um, you know, whittle it down to a, a, a manageable number of people to call in, they want to make sure that they're spending their time talking about the right um, bits of information on their resume and they're asking the right questions so that they don't have to go through this again. And so it's really important that employers um, collect the information on the knowledge, the motivations, the behaviors necessary to be successful in a job, and it helps them to assess if the candidate is the right fit based on their prior experience, not just theory. Um, I think in the past it's been very common for managers. I personally have, have experienced this where a manager would ask, well, if this were the situation, how would you handle it? And, and most people can respond with what they think they would do, but that doesn't necessarily mean what they will do. And so by framing the questions in a way that elicits actual experience based on competencies required, a better chance of knowing how the person is actually going to perform on the job. And, of course, it, it does actually take more time to prepare for an interview like this, but most people would agree, hiring managers anyway, would say the time spent on the front end far outweighs the time dealing with bad hiring decisions. And you and I have experienced what it's like to try to get you know, somebody out of an organization when, um, you know, the managers made a bad hire. Oh, absolutely. That's probably worse than trying to fill a position with a qualified candidate is, is trying to, as you say, exit the person because the hire was not a good hire. And it, it's really an unfortunate set of circumstances. But one thing I wanted, I wanted to talk about really quickly here, um, you mentioned, you know, framing the questions to elicit responses based on competency. So, so in your experience or in your mind, would you say that most of the time when a hiring manager is asking certain questions, you know, a lot of people think they, they're just asking it because they want to see how you respond. But it really is tied to a competency of the job that they're trying to fill. Is that a fair statement? I think so. I think most um, managers today are pretty savvy and they know what skills are important. They've, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They've worked with, um, you know, their team of people. They know who's been successful in the job, and maybe, you know, they're filling this position because someone hasn't been successful, so they know what to watch out for. But, um, you know, too often managers come to the interview with leading questions. Um, you know, do you like doing, do you like working with people? Well, who's going to say no? I mean, yeah. frankly, um, you know, peop- the candidate is just as anxious to, to take the position as the manager is to fill it. So they're going to give example or answers that um, the manager, hiring manager, wants to hear. But mm. um, with using targeted selection or behavioral-based interviewing, it's much tougher for a candidate to kind of snow their way through um, an interview. And it's much um, more important for the manager to be able to, um, you know, ask the questions that really gets at the real experience the candidate has doing that kind of work. Yeah, and that's an excellent point because, you know, interviews are not that long to begin with. And, you know, you, you always have those pleasantries at the beginning, but a really good, well-done interview really does get at the heart of what this person can bring to the table. Now, one of the things I've been saying to people, too, in the, in the recent past is, you know, employers don't have jobs anymore. They have problems to, to solve, right? So if they're going to ask questions in the back of their mind, they're probably thinking, gee, how could this guy solve my problem? And that's how they're going to base the question. So that's an excellent point. So, you know, that's something new that I don't think a lot of people have thought about, but it's, it's, there's a science to it, and that's what we're talking about. So let me ask you this then also, Carol. You know, you've been, you know, in HR for quite a while. You've done many, many interviews, and, you know, why, in your opinion, why is targeted selection so important? Aside from the fact that people wade through thousands of resumes, you know, what, what makes it so important? Well, studies show that what you've done in the past is going to be a pretty good predictor of what you'll do in the future and how you'll perform on the job. And, again, it's much harder, almost impossible, for a candidate to fake their way through an interview that's based on behavioral-based questions. Um, the second reason why it's so important is that it, it does cut down on the amount of time that the interview um, should take. Um, as you say, the first couple of minutes, uh, people are usually exchanging pleasantries about the weather or their vacations or the, you know, cubs or, or whatever. And, um, and then by the time they get down to... The first question, which is often, well, tell me about yourself. Um, the candidate goes off on a tangent talking about all kinds of things. And, you know, that might be really interesting, but it doesn't necessarily tell you, can they do this job? And so it's important that you, the manager, frame questions that get to the heart of the candidate's experience. The other thing that happens sometimes is, um, you know, managers will go off on a tangent as well and ask questions that aren't necessarily relevant. And so by having a list of, of questions that are behavioral-based, it keeps you, the manager focused on asking the legal questions that are relevant to do the job and, and asking those same questions of every candidate. So um, if you're, um, and also I think if you're, if you're working in a, in a group of people, typically companies have more than one person interview a person these days. Several of your colleagues are in the, involved in the hiring process. I don't know if you've ever been in an interview where you go from one person to the next and they all ask the same question. <laughs> and you feel like all you're doing is repeating yourself and you're concerned whether or not they're going to actually hear it in such a way that everybody hears the same answer. Well, setting it up at the beginning and saying, here's how we're going to go through um, the job description, the competencies required, and the questions related to each of those competencies, everybody involved in the hiring process then picks a set of competencies that they're going to take responsibility for delving into. 
And so when they reconvene back at the end of the interview and they're comparing candidate A, B, and C, and each of them have their um, notes on how the candidate answered, they're going to have a better chance of really having a full set of um, facts about how this candidate might do on the job. And I think that's, um, you know, not necessarily, you know, that's kind of hit or miss if the managers don't take that organized approach. You bring up an excellent point, and I think that's something that a lot of people may not realize because, as you mentioned, you go on an interview and you might have to see three, four, five people, and sometimes even more depending on the level of the position or the experience that, that you bring to the company. But to have to sit through an interview and have the interviewers, the various interviewers, ask either the same questions or similar questions, you start to really question your own responses and making sure that you're answering the way they want to hear it. But I think what's most important that you brought forth, and people, again, probably don't realize, there is a science to how it gets done. So if there is a group of folks, a group of colleagues who will interview for a certain position, if it's done correctly, they should have gotten together in the beginning to talk about the job, talk about the competencies, talk about what each of them will ask. So it's not a redundant, you know, it's not the same questions being asked over and over of this poor candidate who's sitting there saying, you know, I, I don't know how else to answer these questions. Mm-hmm. So that's a great tool. So, I mean, so I, I believe, and I know from our experience, Cal, because you and I have worked together, I've seen it work very well where you really get a chance to wade through some of the you know, some of the not-so-good questions, because you're not all asking the same thing, and some of you are looking for certain things in certain areas of the person's experience. And, again, I'm not sure a whole lot of candidates realize that, that there is a science behind it, and that's how it actually works. So we talked a little bit about targeted selection, and we also talked about the other side of it, behavioral-based interviewing. So is targeted selection different from behavioral-based interviewing? Well, not really. I, th- I think they're very similar, and they're very interdependent. Um Targeted selection is about asking the right questions specific to the skills you know are essential to do the job you're trying to fill. And then behavioral-based interviewing is a technique for asking questions that sets the stage for the candidate to tell you how they've actually demonstrated those skills in their prior employment or sometimes even in their private life. Hmm. Um, If you're interviewing someone who's returning to the workforce or perhaps right out of college, Um, they may have a difficult time citing specific work experience that's relevant to the job. Mm. But by asking behavioral-based questions, you can probe to see the candidate's experiences that are transferable to the job that you're trying to fill. Mm. Well, let me ask you this, too, and we're going to be breaking in a minute for a commercial, but really quickly, you you say in their private life. Now, a lot of people are very reluctant to talk about their private life in an interview, but are you saying that there may be times when something you've done in your private life may then correlate to a behavioral-based question? Absolutely. I think, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody manages to, um, you know, juggle so many things in their private life, and they don't think about how that... um, can trans that skill can transfer into uh, a work setting. Um, mm. You know, I think years ago, you know, people would assume that someone who was a stay-at-home mom, um, you know, came back to work and maybe their skills were rusty. But you know, I know I've heard you talk about you know shuttling the kids here and there and the grandkids and you know every every um, bit of your family um, demands. Um, you know, that's not all that different than some of the skills that are required to manage multiple priorities in the, in the workplace. 
You're absolutely right. And I can remember, and we're not going to have time for it right now, but on the, on the other side of the commercial, when we come back, I'll tell you a little story about the most interesting resume I ever received and exactly what it was that this person was trying to convey just by using her personal life as an example. So when we come back from the commercial, Carol, I'm going to ask you to give me a, an example, too, of some of these things that we're talking about. In the meantime, I want to let folks know that we are here and we can take questions. You can reach us at 888-463-6748. That's toll-free across the country. Again, it's 888 888- 463-6748. Come on back after the commercial. We'll be here.